one of the problems in society today is the fact that the parents just either don't have time for the kids or it's almost like they didn't want to have kids and they had kids and they don't care about the kids. You are listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today we are kicking it with another one of my brothers. This man is a man of integrity, and he has a pure heart who is family-oriented, and that's key. That's very important. He's one of the most truthful and kind-hearted individuals that I have come to know over many, many years. Please help me welcome another one of my dedicated, hardworking, and most honest individuals that I know, Alberto Cadra. Welcome. You there. Man. So I usually open with a quote. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the quote with you. And I just want to get your opinion or what comes to mind when you hear this quote. What, what it triggers, what it means to you, if anything at all, okay? Okay. It reads, a father is more than just his last name. He is kind, loving, and patient. He is the very heartbeat of the family. What comes to mind when you hear that? Um, basically, everything I see in fatherhood, it's all in that one sentence right there. Nice, nice, nice. So what I want to do is <clears throat> that that one, that quote came to me. Um, I was actually browsing and I was thinking and I was looking at my kids as I'm browsing and and just kind of browsing the net. You know how we always do that. We're just on your phone, whatever. And and I looked at them and I kind of questioned and I said, well, what is a father, right? Um, and it's tough. For me, it was tough because I didn't have a clear image of what that looks like. Uh, and I say that only because obviously I didn't have one in the picture as far as my family and upbringing. So I didn't know what a good reference point would be, right? All you had was TV shows and things like that to kind of reference, but you knew that wasn't your reality. So you couldn't adopt that. But it does feel that way, like that we are key components to our family structures. Like we are literally the function and one of the you know key pieces. I can't take any, anything away from the female partners that we have, right? But I think our purpose gets overlooked sometimes or our role gets overlooked sometimes or, or falls into the shadows because of the daily routines of what our partners might be taking care of and because that's so prominent and visual that we can see it, the father is kind of overlooked. I don't know what you think about that statement. Um, it, it is, I, I kind of agree with it. Um, and the only reason I say is because my story is a little bit opposite of yours. Right. Where I had my father in the picture. Exactly. But it almost felt like I didn't have my father in the picture. Because, uh, you know, being immigrants to a new country, um, he was the breadwinner for the family. Mm. So as much as, you know, he would have done anything for us, which he did, right, by going to work every day, right? Like for us, it's, 
uh, some people take that as a uh, for granted, right? Mm. But having a job, but uh, it puts food on the table uh, and it keeps the family together, right? So he was doing his job. We might have not been seeing the rewards from it, right? Right? Because for us, it kind of felt like he wasn't there. You know, we were uh, me and my brother. Luckily, you know, we were able to do things together to keep occupied and stuff like that. But um, I didn't really have that bond, which mm. I'm trying to instill with my son. Right. So I obviously I'm dedicated to work, but being raised the way I was, I tried to put in the extra effort to show him how much love I have for him right. in a different way. Right. Right. That's interesting. I, I didn't really, pay too much attention to that that perspective of even though he's there but physically he wasn't because of work yeah hmm. so we're not too far off no you know my, my I just never saw mine <laughs> you know at least you got to see yours um, since we're on the topic of family tell me a little bit about your family how many how many siblings do you have I just want the people to know. I know, but I want the listeners to kind of be able to keep up with us so that they don't feel like we're leaving out too many um, information that won't allow them to make the connections. So indulge me with that question there. How many siblings do you have? So I have two brothers and a sister. Um, what do you call it? And, you know, like, it's, uh, um, I'm not going to say in today's society, but uh, sometimes because we have blended families and all that stuff nowadays, um, we kind of like say, okay, you know what? This is my stepbrother. This is my stepsister, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, both my brothers are actually uh, my stepbrothers, but um, you know, being Spanish, like we don't we don't look at things that way, right? Right? It's like from day one, it's always been my brother from the day. I found out that that was my brother. That was my brother. Right. Right. It was never like, you know, trying to like sugarcoat it and stuff like that. Like, no, we're like half siblings. No, that's so um, with, with me, like we've always been really tight knit mm-hmm. family. Um, and um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because one of my brothers is back home. Right. He never wanted to make the transition to come here. Right. Um, so um it's been hard to keep a relationship, but it's almost like when you have a really good friend and you know, something happens that like you can just pick up the phone and right. they're there for you. Right. Right. It's almost like, you know, that friendship never went away. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the bond that we have with with him. Right. And it's it's good because even though we, I think the last time I saw him was back in 2000. Um, what do you call it? Uh, we we have that relationship, right? And and it's almost like I'm welcomed into his world, right? Like uh, sometimes we take social media for granted, and we we look at it as, you know, people sharing pictures and people sharing um, different things in their lives that are kind of like. You could say like uh, meaningless, right? Right. Um, but again, it depends on how you treat that. Um, with him, like I don't know his 
hopefully future wife. But I do know about her and the type of person she is through social media. So I don't have to, I, I never actually met her, but I can tell what type of person she is. Right. And, and she's a perfect fit for him. Mm. Right. And then recently her father just passed away last week. Oh man. And you know, her, like us never even being introduced. Right. It was just immediate. I had to like message her right, yeah. and say, you know, my condolences. Right. Cause um, as humans, that's what we should do. Right. right? Instead right. of uh, look at negative things and uh, like, basically she was so like, like uh, taken back by the yeah. fact that I ended up reaching out. Obviously she knows that we're brothers, but you know, again, never having even met and I'm here like, you know, giving her like, you know, putting my soul out there and the words I'm, I'm preaching. Um, she, she really was taken back and, uh, she appreciated everything. So. Well, it, it's, it's no different, I guess, when you, when you say what you said before, that even though one sibling is, you know, you know, your half brother or your stepbrother, you're not calling him that you're calling him your brother. So she's technically your sister, right? Like yeah. you're going to treat her the same way because that's family. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty powerful. Is that a, is that a cultural thing where you try not to use those, um, I guess, Western or European labels and you, you just adopt, you know, that's your family and that's your family. Yeah. Like we, uh, growing up, uh, Spanish, like, um, I grew up with, um, a lot of people that weren't actually blood related to me. Right. Um, and you know, this is being here in Canada, right. But they were friends of my parents and, um, I called everybody, my aunts, my uncles, they were all my cousins. Right. We, we, we had nothing, um, like not, not an ounce of blood relation, but to me, they were all my family and we went to every birthday party. Um, we went to, you know, dinners together, like till this day, one of my uh, good friends, Joe. Yeah. Right. Uh, like that's like my brother. That's like, you know, right. And I always considered him my cousin. Anybody ever said, who is it? That's my cousin. Right. We're not blood related. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we, we, we grew up like that. Right. Like that's the, the, the Latin thing, the, the whole, like keeping the families together. Right. Yeah. That's what it's about. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, our culture is a little bit different, yeah. um, than some other cultures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. primarily like, um, my wife's. So, um, but I mean, to eat your own, right? Like, uh, every, everybody's different and it, it, it really just depends on, I'm not going to say like every Spanish person gravitates to that in saying like, um, and maybe this is the, uh, a bad, um, uh, perspective to use, but even when you look at, um, uh, the gangs mm -hmm. back home, they truly believe that the people that are there with them are family, right? right. I know, especially in my country, El Salvador, like, you know, like, uh, all the gang members, they, like, they look out for each other and right. they, it's not only because it's uh, a, a gang related thing, but they truly believe that um, whether it was lack of 
not family support, mm-hmm. whether it was lack of individuals being there for them, um, they create this world where um, you're included into something. Right. And sometimes you don't have that inclusion. So when you finally feel like you, you belong there, um, you know, that's that's the mentality that you have, right? Because yeah. they make you want to be a part of that. Yeah. Because, you know, you never had that, right? But for everybody else that has had that, like, we still look at it the same way. Like, it's family. Wow. What would you say some of the benefits were having, you know, your brothers, your sister, and both parents growing up? First of all, how old were you when you came to Canada, or were you born here? So I came to Canada when I was only three. Oh, wow. Um, so I was three. So, um, you know, first language I, I learned was obviously English. That's why you know, everybody, like, they're like, you're Spanish, but where's the accent? So right, there's right. no accent because, you know, I was sent to school to learn English, and then I'd come home and teach my parents. Right. Obviously, being immigrants um, and having to work, right. if they didn't get the opportunity to go learn. So I was basically their teacher. Um, and um, my sister was born here uh, six years after. Uh, my brother, uh, the first time he came here, I believe I was about 12, and he was probably about 16, 17. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, it, it, like, again, life worked in different stages, right? Yeah. So um, it's, we didn't have that connection right away because um, the lack of time that passed. Right. Right. But, you know, like, again, when he was here, it's like, like we've been together our whole lives. Right. Right. So, um, but yeah, like um, me and my siblings, like, you know, we got along like uh, every other sibling uh, sometimes, not for the best. Right. But, you got to scrap. What do you mean? You got to. <laughs> uh, that, that's it. But, um, but at the end of the day, no matter what happened, we always looked out for each other. That's it. So we always had each other's back. Right. Um, so that was the only really, really good thing that like there was, there wasn't too many bad days. Yeah. Cause if somebody was having a bad day, we try to make it into a good day. Right. Right. And those are just um, just things that, like, you know, again, everybody comes from different walks of life. Yeah. But um, with Spanish parents, they're very strict, right? Meaning, like, um, your 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 family is your family. So you listen. You basically like, you know, um, uh, do what you can for the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and go from there, right? So that's the uh, that's the livelihood that we had growing up. What was what was it like the first time you you meet you know over here anyway? You meet your brother. He's sixteen. You're what twelve at that point? Yeah. So yeah, I was uh, around that uh, that uh, age. Yeah. Twelve. How was that experience? And, and it was. Uh, well, it's not the first time we had met. Like I, we had traveled back home, and um, I knew who he was. Right? right. Like I knew he was my brother. So 
we had a little bit of time to hang out okay. on occasion uh, when we went back and forth on trips because um, we used to do it frequently. Um, and then, you know, the question now brought up if you wanted to come here. Okay. Right. And for me, like, I had a sister already, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like, there's just so much that you can do as brother and sister. Um, and I was always into sports, right? Mm. And so was he. So um, having him come here, like, it, it just, um, it felt different, right? Yeah. Number one, because at first, you know, you kind of feel like a little uh, strange, mm-hmm. um, you know, because at the end of the day, like, we don't know each other's characters. Right. We don't know what triggers each other. Right. Right. Um, sure, you know, vacation's vacation, you have fun, right? But when you actually, like, live with somebody full-time, it, it's <laughs> totally different, right? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm laughing only because, as you said that, I'm thinking about the first time, you know, we, we buy this house that we live in, but um, my wife comes to live in the house because we weren't, we, we were never living in the same place together, yeah. Right. So that that just triggered that memory when you said that because I didn't know what I was getting into <laughs> as far as sharing spaces, you know, with, yeah, with no. other another person because I've never shared a space with another person on a regular basis like that. So that was interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was getting at the fact <laughs> that like you know like I was used to having my own stuff and um, when he came here like we right away it's kind of like okay you guys are bunking in the same room right <laughs> so it's kind of like okay well i just lost half my privacy but i gained a brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh to be honest with you like it all worked out really well yeah because uh good old nintendos and stuff like that like, we'd be staying up you know watching movies yeah. doing whatever we were doing nice um so um that that actually created that that bond between us right right um and and from there it's just kind of like it got stronger and stronger um to the point where like we used to do pretty much everything like and he was my bigger brother right i never had somebody to look up to Mm -hmm. right like i said my my dad used to work a lot so um you know on the weekends and stuff we used to go to his soccer games and stuff like that but it was never really like a one-on-one time, mm-hmm. right? Um, we used to go out as family, but, um, you know, it, it's it's a different uh, sense, right? Like, uh, what I'm trying to do now with my son mm-hmm. is, is different, right? I'm trying to actually, like, not only be there for him, like, for him to say, okay, my dad's around, but um, do stuff with him, right? Create memories. Yeah. Right. I think the the older we get, it's like everything shifts. Right. So, you know, there's different stages in life. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have your, you know, party stages when you're like teens and then you got like a whole different group of people that you hang out with when you're like, you know, getting into that mature stage, the, the, the semi adult. Um, and then, you know, you start thinking about relationships and how your life is going to uh, go on, who you still want to have connections with. Right. Um, 
it like life starts to change. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. And there's people that the reason why I say don't understand that is because there's still people that live the same life that they did as as a teen. That right? is that is very true. That so, is very true. Um, you know, for for me, it's kind of like um, as soon as like I knew I was going to be a dad. Um, you know, even from that time, my life changed. Hold right. on, hold on. I want to go back a bit because I know where you're going now. You're going into, you know, the future because we're literally we're talking about your son and what's what you're setting up for him. But I want to find out what were some of the memories that were made um, that you remember from your childhood? Um, so some of the biggest memories for me was uh, the culture stuff, like being a part of a team, mm. right? So... Um, you know, like, like Canada now, as you can see, um, it's probably going to be heading to the world cup, right? right? Right. Canada back then when I was like six, seven years old, um, it wasn't a place that like you could say, you know, when I'm going to go to a soccer field and play soccer with a team, mm-hmm. right? Um, luckily like the Spanish community here at that time had already grown to the point where they had started leagues, right? So, um, again, it was very different, right? Growing up in a place where you were the minority, right? Right. Um, I think the best decision that my parents made was um, raising us where they raised us, right? So, so, sorry, what, which neighborhood is that? Uh, so, Jane and Finch, hey. um, which has a bad reputation. But, like, when you've lived in an area for so long, right, you start to realize that it's just a reputation. Like, the area is as bad as anywhere else. Right? Or, or, so, or as beautiful as anywhere else. Exactly. Right? Because it, I... It, I Sorry, I I found that the people who live in neighborhoods like Jane and Finch or Lawrence Heights don't see it as it as bad as other people from the outside looking in, right? Yeah. Because when you live in a day to day, you know what it's about. Like I know my neighbor, and as sad as it sounds, I knew my neighbors, even the ones that lived in different courts. I knew their names. I knew the parents. I knew the kids, and they knew me, and they knew my family. However, you move or you get older and you go into these other communities where maybe you bought a home or you're renting or whatever the situation is, you don't know your neighbor and you can live there for 20, 30 years. So when people from the outside looking into those neighborhoods and they judge it, they prejudge it, or they, they bought into what the media is spinning, they actually don't know what it's like to live in there. Right. Because I've heard I'm sure you've heard this, too, where you work at a place and somebody finds out you grew up in Jane and Finch and you're like and they're like, oh, isn't that bad? Like, aren't you scared every night? And you're like, no, this is this is my home. Right. And so. But, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it has a reputation, but it doesn't mean it's true. No, it's, it's very true. Right. Like exactly what you're saying. Like, I mean, I never in the entire time that I lived. Like now I actually just live a couple of blocks away. So right. it's not like I completely moved out. Right. And funny enough, I actually told my wife, I said, you know what? Even if I won the lottery or I made, you know, a six figure 
job, like income. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd ever move because I feel comfortable, right? Like this is where I grew up. This is where I call home. Yeah. Right. Again, a reputation is a reputation, right? But it, it can only go so far, right? And it's up to communities to change that. It's up to the people in the communities when somebody says, you know, like a lot of the times they're like, um, for the work I do, um, they come and I'm like, uh, so what area are you from? And then they tell me, and I said, no way. I said, I actually grew up in that area. Yeah. And they're like, really? And they're like, you know, sometimes they have a different perspective because they're like, you're so professional and, you know, like just you're well educated and like they, they don't, they don't put two and two together. Right. Like, how did you get raised there and turn out like this? Right. As if that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you change anything about your upbringing? I think the only thing I'd change, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, is I, I think the way that I, the way I carried myself in terms of um, not being as social as I could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of people that, you know, I talked to, but I think it was exactly what I said, the cultural thing that it was kind of like you were either a part of the family or not. Right. So it's kind of like, um, I didn't have at that age, uh, a widened perspective to say, you know what, like, let me hang out with different groups. I always stuck to the same group. What what age are we speaking about here? Um, this was basically, uh, you know, from from like, I, I'd say from like maybe about like eight nine to um, maybe about thirteen. Oh wow! I think after thirteen, it started to change for me okay. because once I got into like the middle school, the high school, and I started seeing the different cultures mm-hmm. that's when um i started to kind of open up more right um open up to different cultures open up to different stories mm-hmm. um i actually got to um i i let more people into my life and and what did you found find were some of the benefits to doing that um it it's actually it actually set me up for the person that I am personally, um, you know, not being closed minded about, um, you know, different races, right. uh, not, uh, not excluding people because of who they are. Right. Right. Um, I was never that person that I wasn't going to talk to you because you weren't good looking or I wasn't going to talk to you because of a certain race that you were. Uh, for me, it was literally just, um, what do you call it? Like being very inclusive with with everybody at that point, because right. I think I had been so close minded um, in my Spanish roots for um, you know a good portion of my life that you know once I got to middle school, I'm like, yeah, this is a little different now, right? right? Like you actually saw uh, a lot of change, um, and then going into high school, like everything's just different right so for me it was the, the the being able to adapt to my situations and and change the type of person i was right because i i knew that um i couldn't keep going with the same thing 
where right. I couldn't keep. Um, eventually, like I was bound to make other friends. I was bound to make other relationships, and that's what Canada is all about, too, right? We're we're very an ethnic country. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hanging out with different ethnicities and um, the foods and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I, I, I'm very similar in that way, too, as far as I was lucky in the sense that my mom didn't let me go to the community school in the neighborhood. Um, she didn't want my brother and I to go to the same school. So I went to a different school where I had to take the bus and he would just walk to school. But the benefit was the school he went to was right in the neighborhood. So it was the same neighborhood kids that we would play with after school he's in class with. Whereas for me, I'm out of the neighborhood. So they don't see me until after school. So I got exposed just like you to different groups, different people, different cultures, different experiences and whatnot. So even after school, instead of going home, I'll go and hang out with this person at their house, play some video games before I came home. And then another day I'm going to a different person's house. So I got to see how they were in their homes and the cultures and, and different things like that. So I think that was a great benefit. I don't know if you found the same thing, but it really did open me up too, because same thing, very closed. Uh, this is what you did. You just did things that you were supposed to do in your home, you know, culturally. And that was pretty much it. But being exposed to that helped. So Yeah. And I, and I think that just to add to that, it was like like you were saying that you would be the one that'd be going to different people's homes and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I felt like I was that person too. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like I I didn't really want people coming over to my house. Right? Just because of that perception like um, you know, like, oh, you you live in a ghetto neighborhood, right? Hmm. Um, and uh, what do you call it? It was like I tried to show the the best of me, but at the same time, it was like it was almost like I was kind of like ashamed of where I grew up, right? Um, and you know, again, looking back on it now, I I don't think I would have changed a thing. Yeah, that's interesting though that you said that. Um... It's funny, I wasn't ashamed. I was more afraid for them to come because I knew they wouldn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And if you stood out that you didn't belong, people would take advantage of you. So even even though some of them wanted to come, I'm like, yeah, no. Because at that time, I'm still too young. I don't have any influence. Right. I, and I'm barely in the neighborhood because I'm remember I'm going to school outside of the neighborhood. So I haven't really established myself in order for me to actually have a reputation that I can vouch for you if something were to happen. So I was like, you know what? I'll come. I feel like I can handle myself better in your environment than you can in my environment. Yeah. And the, other, the, the ultimate truth was my mom didn't want people in the house. Like, she would kick my friends out if she came and they were in the house. Like, listen, everybody, leave. Right? That's just how she ran her house. So they couldn't even come if they wanted to, you know. And so it was, it was very interesting. We have, we have some similarities, I guess. I mean, I thought it was just the other things that we had in common. But now that we're talking about some of this stuff, I'm realizing how much more we have in common. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty incredible. Um. 
What did you want to be, though, when you were younger? Do you have any aspirations to be a specific, you know, get into a specific industry or profession? Well, funny enough, I actually wanted to be a police officer. No way. Yeah. <laughs> coming, uh, I know, I know. Uh, coming, coming up from a neighborhood like that. Right. Um, you know, you, you usually would have thought that it would have had a negative impact on the perception. Yeah. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I had been stopped, carded like at least three times right. in, in my own neighborhood, um, you know, for supposedly looking like someone that they were looking for. Right. 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 Um, but even still, that didn't, that didn't really, um, connect with me. Right. Mm-hmm. At that time, uh, for me, it's just kind of like, okay, you want to do your job. I know it's not me. Um, it is what it is. Right. Um, but it was about, um, you know, I saw it as, um, a position, not a power, but a position of being able to help people. Yeah. Influence. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and connect with people, um, on a different level too. Right. It's like, um, I, I can actually do something. And, and the thing is that at that time when I walked around, like I'd say 90% of the police officers were Caucasian. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, I don't think I ever saw a Spanish officer until I was like, at least 19, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like, you know, not something that you're used to. Right. Right. But, um, for me, like, that's what I wanted to get into. Right. Cause I'm like, I think I'd be good at that. Right. Now my mother, on the other hand. <laughs> Obviously, coming from a, a, a country that dealt with wars, right, right, right. Um, and seeing how corrupt the system was back home, mm. uh, she was always like, "No, you could do anything else you want, not that." Wow. So, since okay, so since you mentioned your mom, how much of an impact does she have on you? I think she had probably like one of the biggest impacts um, because she really held the household down, right? Like I said, my dad used to work a lot um, and she used to like be the, the, uh, the, the end all in the house, whatever was said, like, you know, you have that respect for your parents. Um, So it was never, uh, you questioned it. If you were asked to do something, you just did it, right? Um, And it was like, um, it wasn't just that that I learned in terms of like the discipline and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it was the, um, it's like, I think it kind of set me up too for my future Um, and, you know, how I wanted to act around people. Right. how to respect people, right? Um, so, in reality, I think that like I have my I have my mom to thank for a lot of that because mm-hmm. a lot of the traits that you know I built into like the type of person that I am right. and being so family oriented, um, it's all because of her. So, 
what's okay so then what impact did your dad have on you my dad was uh he was like uh uh the typical dad you know like you still listen because if you didn't listen then there was going to be problems <laughs> call it what it is man the belt comes out <laughs> that's it the belt the the, the cord right the, everything you can get your yeah. hands on. <laughs> right um but again, like that actually helped too, right? Because yeah, yeah. Um, you you create structure, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not a, in a negative way, right? Because um, there was stuff that I did growing up that I wasn't proud of, right? Um, and things that like when I look back on it, it's like, why did I do that, right? And it's like you feel bad later, right? Right. And I think I felt bad later. Like, and I'm talking about like years after, right? Because there's certain memories. Like, I, I've always had a really good memory, a photographic memory of things that have occurred throughout my life. And um, there's one time we actually went back home, right? And for us back home, I mean, it was different than here, right? When we went back home, uh, a lot of the family had their own businesses. Um, they uh, they were pretty well off. Um, to the point where they actually had people working for them in the in the homes, like maids and stuff. So, you know, living here, and then when we used to go back home on vacations, it was like night and day. It's like, oh, I can get away with anything, right? If I wanted something to eat, listen, can you make me this? Okay, no problem. It's done, right? Um, but, you know, at that point, like, um, mind you, like I was in my early teens, yeah. You you don't think about it, right? You don't think about the respect factor that you're putting out, right? Yeah. So there were situations where like my parents were not around and it's like, you know, like I wouldn't treat that person the way I would treat somebody now. Right. Right? Um, and it's and it's because I had that mentality like, Oh, well, back here my family has money. Mm-hmm. We can do whatever we want. Right. Right. Um, and it's not the case. And I remember one specific incident. We were at my grandmother's house. My grandmother owned a store um, in in the front of the house, and then the back was like the actual house. And she had one of the girls running the store. What kind of store, and by the way? It, 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 well, it was literally just like a. Um, uh, uh, they sold dry goods, like okay. beans, rice, eggs bread um but like you could also get snacks and stuff so it was like a convenience store mm-hmm. you could say um, yeah so i used to go into the front all the time because i used to grab anything i wanted so i wanted 10 bags of chips got 10 bags of chips eat drink pop anything right so mm-hmm. um again ended up going to the front you know started grabbing some stuff and uh like just not thinking about it, right? Um, I started flinging uh, beans, mm. and you know, I wasn't intentionally hitting like uh, the person I was working there. Yeah. But obviously, like I was doing it to be a brat. Right. 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 At the end of the day, that's what I was doing. Had nothing better to do, so I went down there and I started causing trouble. Uh, so lo and behold, my dad actually pokes his head in and 
um, at that time, she started to cry, right? So he was asking me, what's wrong, right? So clearly his head went from looking at her to <laughs> somebody's going to get a beating right now. <laughs> somebody's going to get the hurt and reels. <laughs> I just put Russell uh, thing in my head. What's his name? The comedian? Russell Peters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got a good one. I got a good one. But you know what? Uh, I thought about it and I'm like, I deserved it. And I went back, as, you know, being a man and I apologized. Um, and again, at that time, I was probably like 13, 14. Wow. Right? Um, but... Yeah, like, uh, you know, my dad, he was he was a strict one, um, but you have to have discipline. Right. right? And, I, and I still see that in, my, in our society today, right? There's parents that, like, um, and, and it's not about beating the kids, right? It's not about uh, showing, like, you know, if you don't listen to me, like, um, we, we, we might all get into that mindset yeah. with the kids. Because sometimes, like, it might be overwhelming and stuff. Yeah. But what do you call it? Um, they need to know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I feel that one of the problems in society today is the fact that the parents just either don't have time for the kids or they just, it's almost like they didn't want to have kids and they had kids and, they don't care about the kids. Isn't that interesting? It, uh, I had the same experience. Why? Because for a long time, I wanted kids. And it took us a long time to have kids. Yeah. And so when you have kids, this is my, my personal experience. I can't speak for anybody else, but I realized that I started to look at other parents and judge them, right? So I'm looking, I'm like, wait, why would you treat the kid like that? And mine isn't even born yet at this time. So I'm just looking at them and I'm like, wait, why are you yelling? Why are you, why, are you, why are you doing this? And so I'm picking at every single thing that I think is wrong, and I'm yet to be a parent. And then I become a parent, and I'm still looking at them and I'm judging. I'm thinking, wait a minute, this person is little. They are learning from you because this language that you speak is new to them. And the world that you exist in is new to them. So everything they're learning is going to come from you. But if all you're showing them is this, you can't expect something different when they grow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's yeah. it's exactly what you're talking about. They have these false expectations or they don't even have the interest in being a parent. You know, but sorry to interrupt you, but go ahead. Yeah, you know, so that that's basically what, what I was getting at, right? Like the fact that, you know, um I got the nurturing side and the family side from my mother and then from my dad, it was like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta understand where your role is, right? You have to understand where um, you have to be in this family, right? And the family is a unit, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a, it's like a working clock. Yeah. Right. So somebody can disrupt the clock. And then obviously like that's when you have the issues and everything. Yeah. Um, but then, at the same point, at the same time, it's like if the family is actually like united, mm -hmm. right? You know, because some sometimes like, there's some families that it's like they get together for Christmas, and it's like they only do it because it's 
holidays. Right. Right. Or right. Thanksgiving, Easter, whatever it is. It's like, it's a commitment. It's almost like a chore. Ugh, I got to go meet, meet up with these people again. Right. 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 Whereas like, you know, my family, when we get together, it's kind of like we're doing it because we want to instill this in our kids. Right. And we want to be around each other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a party. I can't, I can't forget. I think it was your grandmother's birthday. The the one that I came to. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I can never forget that night. eh? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she could. I don't think she would have forgotten that night. (laughs) Listen, that woman is is she had an impact on me i i wish i was lying because the way she sized me up and she's like take a shot i'm like i'm not gonna take a shot but she has a whole tequila bottle (laughs) she's going at it i'm like what (laughs) i think it was her 80th right um probably oh my gosh and she was running like walking around dancing at 80 and i was like wow that's some that's some special genes right there, but yeah, she definitely made an impression. She made an impression on me. I can never forget her. <laughs> how how I want to know the story. I, you told me a while back, but I want to know the story. How you met your wife before she became um, your wife? Let's go back there. Yeah, so it was uh, funny enough. Like uh, again, um, you know, uh, Joe's brother Hervey, mm-hmm. he was actually in the same class as my wife. Right. Uh-oh. But I, at that point, was going to Westview and uh, sh- I found out that they were over at the Jeffries. So it was actually uh, summertime of, I'm going to say, 1995. OK. And um, they were actually going to Emory to go um, do, do summer school. So you're 15 so at this point. Yeah, around there. Mm hmm. Okay. And uh, what do you call it? Um, Joe says to me, like, let's go meet up with Hervey and then head over to the mall. We're going to go to Yorkville that day. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, let's do it. So got on the bus, headed down there, got there. And then I see Hervey walking with like two or three girls. And, you know, one of them just stood out. And I was like, yeah, she's cute. So we all jump on the bus. You know, I try to introduce myself. Wasn't happening. <laughs> um, she she gets off at like I don't know maybe about like two blocks down. Right. And switches buses and whatever. So that was the last time I saw her. Right. Um, fast forward six months later. Okay. Um, we ended up moving closer to Jeffries. Okay. So it was either I could take one bus ride five minutes down the street to go to Westview or I could go to Jeffries. So I said, you know what? Let me go to Jeffries. <laughs> so I already had it planned in my mind why I was going there. Oh, wow. So I ended up getting there. And the craziest thing is, for that whole first semester, I didn't see her. Right? Interesting. And then I said to uh, I said to her, I said, "What happened to the girl that was on the bus with you that day?" And he's like, "Well, she uh, I think she's doing co-op, so she should be back next semester." Okay. So next semester comes around, 
and I see her. I talk to her, wouldn't give me the time of day. <laughs> and then, so I think another like three, four months passed. And, you know, I'd see her around. I'd try to say hi. It wasn't happening. Wait, and wait, then, wait, wait. Why? Why wasn't it happening? I have no idea. No clue. Wait, so wait. Then, she's so, your wife now. You should ask her. I want to know now. Listen, to this day, <laughs> I don't know. Right? I think she just thought, like, I was, uh, actually, no, she did She did say, like, oh, she's like, I think it's because of the persona that I presented. Right? Uh, she thought I was, like, that playboy. Got it. Um, got it. So, um, what ended up happening is that um, all of a sudden my birthday comes around mm-hmm. and I'm walking down the hall. I see her. I'm like, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to say nothing. And lo and behold, she turns around and she's like, oh, happy birthday. Oh, wow. And I was like, I got an in. <laughs> <laughs> and that little in is all I needed. That was my end. That same day, I went to the office. And I switched all my classes to hers. No way. I did that. Right? So, got into all the classes, spending extra time with her. Um, and then there was one morning, uh, we, me and the guys went to the gym at like 7.30 in the morning. Started playing basketball. And uh, I went up. I faked the jump shot. Then I jumped. And I came down on Joe's uh, foot, rolled my ankle, went to the hospital, got crutches. And uh, from that day, that was the first time she ever came over. She's like, let me let me walk home with you. Wow. Right. So um, from that day on, it was history. And the reason why I say it was history and it was meant to be was because I have had obviously girlfriends before um but it was like you know it was just like, like we were teens right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even though i was still a teen yeah I, I, we were only like 16 17 um it was different because it was the first girl i actually hadn't like over over right um and i remember uh, my father was the first one at home and he sees me lying down on the couch and he sees her with me. And uh, he said, what happened? I said, I had an accident this morning at the gym. So um, he made another comment, he introduced himself, said hi, whatever. And then uh, went into the kitchen and she was gonna get ready to leave. So, um, I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I said, do you mind dropping her off? Right? And then she turns around and she's like, no, it's okay, Dad. Don't worry about it. So she ends up leaving. She ends up walking home. First thing my dad does is he turns around and he says, is she pregnant? <laughs> he, he, He's never had somebody call him dad aside from my sister right right so him just hearing that it triggered it right wow and even for me like i caught it right i was like okay (laughs) so i guess it is serious wow um what do you call it uh that's pretty much all she wrote so at least at least with our chapter 
right? Right. Her parents were a different story. So, okay, I'm gonna get. I want to get to that in a second. But how did you know that she was the one? Because you're still so young, right? You, you got your twenties and and everything before you. So, how did you know? Well, you know what? Like, I think the one thing that triggered her for me is. I saw how family-oriented she was, Mm. right? And the respect that she showed towards not only myself, but my parents, right? right? Like, aside from, like, you know, the playing hard to get, like, when it was actually, like, a reality, um, that's when I knew. That's when I knew. I was like, okay, you know, she's special. She has special characters and, um, like, you know, you you can just feel that aura about somebody, right? yeah. So that did it for me. Wow. So, okay, now talk to me about the other chapter. Oh, so the other chapter is basically um, we had been together for 10 years already. Um, She would sneak out of the house. We would meet up. So her parents actually had no clue that we were together (laughs) for 10 years. (laughs) Wait, does that mean you never went over to her house then? Never went, no, so okay, so she actually lived in townhomes, yeah. And um, I would drive up, um, because I had just gotten my license, so I had I would drive up the car and I would park in the back alley, and she would just come through the back alley, jump in the car, and we'd wow, stop. right? So we were like little Bonnie and Clyde, like. <laughs> 10 years though, 10 years. So, okay, Ten but did, did that did that bother you that you weren't? able to um like display your relationship to them and what was the reason though like so i think to a certain extent it it, it did play a little bit on my feelings and 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 with my head because mm-hmm. i didn't know like even after like that amount of time i was questioning commitment right i'm like so like, I know we've been boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, is this going to progress? Like, right. what's the next step? Um, and, you know, it comes down to the fact that um, I had the respect for her. Mm-hmm. She had respect for me and my family. I had the respect for her. And um, I knew that she was also the one because, um, you know, there's certain things that you do for people. Mm-hmm. Right? So I remember when she first started coming over, like she was like a toothpick and um, she didn't really eat much. Right. Mm-hmm. Like my, my parents would notice like, they're like, like, does she not like the food or like, right. Yeah. Um, and it's also cause like her background is Hindu. So her parents were vegetarian and stuff too. Right. So she was very like a little bit picky on the type of foods that she eat. Right. And then, uh, over the years, you know, she started like loosening up, getting comfortable with my family, going to like all the parties and Christmases and all that stuff. Like, she would not spend Christmas with her side of the family to spend Christmas with my side of the family. Okay. Right. Same thing. New Year's, she was with my side of the family. Right. So you know, that's a that spoke volumes to me. Right. Like you're 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 not willing to be partying out with different crowds or even be spending it with like your, your family to be with mine. Right. That meant a lot to me. Right. Right. So <clears throat> because of those things, I never questioned like, you know, 
what's our relationship status? I knew what it was, right? It was just complicated. Because um, because you still wanted the acceptance of the parents of your relationship, right? Like, especially her I parents. Did. Yeah. I did. And I think closer to, like, year nine, mm-hmm. I started asking, like, you know, when am I going to meet your parents? And, right. like, you know, the answers were, like, you know, it's not, it's not that easy. Right? right. It's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. So um, in their culture, especially at that time, right, um, it still wasn't like today where... You know, again, you have so many blended families. You have so many like different uh, ethnic people together. Like it, it still wasn't a reality. Yeah. Right. So, and her parents were actually arranged marriage. Right. So that had a lot to 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 play on too. Right. The fact that she was also, um, you know, she she grew up being respectful to her parents' wishes and stuff too. Mm-hmm. That it's like. You want to make them proud, right? Right. Um, so one of the things was that, you know, being able to uh, give them their wishes, right? So it got to a point where one day um, I had dropped her off after we had gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, he called me maybe about half an hour, 45 minutes later. Yeah, and she's crying like I've I've never heard her cry like that. Wow. I kept saying, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And she's like, um, "My parents want me to get married, right?" Oh. So I was like, "Okay, so when are we doing this?" Right. So she's crying, and I'm here like making jokes because I'm here like, "Okay, well I'm ready," right? Right. Um, and then she's like, "You don't understand." Like they want me to get married to like someone like another prospect, right? Wow. And the reason why I say another prospect is because that's what it was. Like it was literally people sending her parents resumes right. of you know who their families were, what their professions were, yeah. if they drank, if they'd smoked, like anything, right? Right. <clears throat> so even to like net income, right? Like, that's how detailed it was. And um, it came down to, like, you know, saying, okay, well, here's all these resumes. Who do you want to pick? Right? And that's when she broke down. So luckily her mother came and talked to her and said, what's wrong? And she opened up to her mother and said, I've been with somebody. You know, and not, like, a year, like, a couple weeks. Right. Like, we've been together for 10 years. Wow. And her mother's like, like she was just like, I don't think she was expecting that. Right. Um, So I guess the mother went and talked to the dad, and the dad said, okay, I want to meet him. Just like that. that. I want to meet him. And she calls me back. Mind you, this was like 45 minutes after I had just dropped her off. Right. And she's like, can you meet me in 15 minutes at the Tim Hortons? And um, I was a little stunned because I was very unprepared for that. Right. Um, you know, like it's different, like when you have a formal meeting, right? And uh, you're properly introduced. Yeah. Um, and I, she kind of gave me a hint as to 
what was going on. So I was already like freaking out in my head because I'm like, like, what, what am I going to say? Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I didn't want them to think like I was interfering in this, but at the same time, like they didn't understand how what our relationship was. Right. Right. Like for them, like they just found out about it. So it's kind of like. Uh, okay, well, this can end now, yeah. right? So, and that's what was going through my head, right? Like, because um, she had spoken about her culture before and how her parents were and all that stuff. So I was like, just prepared for the worst, right? right? But again, you know, like you, you learn stuff as you grow. So what I do, I went, I was actually preparing gift baskets for some people at work. I grabbed the plate. I started stacking it up. I made a very nice gift basket, wrapped it up, put a bow, grabbed it out the door in the car. And you brought it to them. Yeah, I went to yeah. <laughs> that's that's the Pisces they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I show up at the Tim Hortons and like I said, it was very awkward because um, it was her parents, her, me. I'm showing up with this gift. <laughs> they don't even know who I am. Right. Um, so I come. I said, you know, my name is Alberto. Nice to meet you. And um, and then I think the dad asked me one thing. And the only question he asked me is, do you love my daughter? And I was like, yes. And he stuck out his hand and he said, welcome to the family. Wow. What? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Are you serious? That's it. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Like you were in your head the whole time for nine years. Right? And and you're thinking the worst because of the culture. Yeah. But you didn't well, know the I, man. I, well, she was actually thinking that. Right. Right. For me, I didn't I didn't know what the reaction would be. Right? right. But she knew her family growing up and she knew how they were, right? So, you know, when when she's telling me all this stuff, I'm like, okay, so this is like for real. Like, um, maybe we're wasting our time. Maybe she is gonna just get an arranged marriage. Like, exactly. Oh, and then, and then all he does out, is <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, he welcomed me with open arms, and and that was it. And he's he, the next thing he says to me is he's like, he's like, I'm not dumb. He's like, I I, I know who you are, right? He's like, I've seen you around because there were a couple of incidents during the ten years where like I did pop my head in. Mm-hmm. So her dad's car had a flat. I showed up. I was just driving down the street. <laughs> he just happened right. to be driving down the street. <laughs> You know, help them out with the tire. Um, yeah. There was a couple of incidents where, like, you know, they needed help doing something. And I just, oh, yeah, my friend Alberto's over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Wow. So he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm not, I'm not dumb. He's like, I knew you were around. So he's like, that's the reason why I'm, I'm saying welcome to the family. Because, you know, his perception of me, he already had it in him. Like, he's... Like, I was there for them, right? I was there for the family, even though I wasn't there. Right, right. right? Wow. That's that's a beautiful story, though. Right? Like, it's 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 really an incredible story. 
And I think it's, um, I'm going to put it out in the universe. I think it's one that needs to be transcribed into a book, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, because because it's so relatable in so many different ways, right? It's it's almost like um, uh, a new age, not Romeo and Juliet, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's it's a love story that develops before you know, other key characters are even introduced. And I think that's what makes it so cool because I look at teenage teenagers and relationships. We all go through that. We hide our, you know, our partners or whatever. We don't want our parents or um, members in the family to know this is somebody I'm seeing because of their perception of that person or of the relationship. Yeah. Right. The fear keeps us in the closet or, you know, hiding it. And then sometimes we don't even realize like what you experience they welcome you with open arms, but you would yeah. never know that because of the fears that you create in your own heads and, and, and whatnot, you know? So I think it's a beautiful story though. Wow. So I want to shift gears a bit. <clears throat> um, how would you describe parenthood? Because now you're welcomed in the family. How long before your firstborn comes into play? So we had already been together for 10 years. Right. And same as you know, you you and your wife, like we had been trying, yeah, um, and just unsuccessful and successful, and then um, uh, we were trying all different methods, right, right, right. Um, and nothing was working, right. And then for some reason we said, you know what, maybe we just need to relax, and instead of like trying to make it happen, right, we let it happen. So. I remember we ended up taking a trip to Bahamas in uh, 2015 or 16 Mm -hmm. and uh, came back from that trip uh, feeling relaxed. But at the same time, like jokingly, when in the Bahamas, um, they were talking about conch. So Mm -hmm. conch is like almost like a big oyster. You know, they, they bring it up, they cut it up and they make it into like a ceviche. Okay. So, um, but there's a part of the conch, which is, they call it the pistol. Okay. So apparently that's like an aphrodisiac and (laughs) it's almost like taking a little blue pill. Right, right, right. (laughs) So, um, you know, you don't think about stuff, whatever. So come back and, you know, we get pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately it didn't work out. Okay. Right. So, but I mean, like, like it's something that, you know, couples go through. Yeah. And, you know, until you've actually been through it, you don't really think outside the box. And, um, you know, having gone through different processes, we saw how many people actually struggle. Yes. And it's crazy because, you know, like I said, people don't talk about it. No, right? no. Now, and, sorry, I'm going to stop you for one second. I do want to, I want an episode... So you and I will probably, you know, um, put our heads together and we can make that happen. I think it will be really important to have that specific conversation on its own. Okay. Right? So I want to plant that seed. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, like we came and, you know, that uh, you don't give up. Right? So we kept trying. And surely, right after that, found out she was pregnant. And... We had our first born in 2017. Wow. 
Wow. Right. So this was like um, 20 years into our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so what do you call it? I remember if the only reason I remember so clearly that it was 20 years is because uh, the way we actually presented it to the family. So we wanted to wait until we were like, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so she was already like, um, I think it was four months. And she was just about like starting to show. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, okay, it's time. Right. I'm like, it's time. Um, so we we're like trying to figure out how to do it. Right. <laughs> and uh, I remember that I came and I'm like, you know what? It'd be cool to like have everybody come over thinking we're celebrating 20 years of being together. Yeah. And then boom, like dropping this on them. Right. Yeah. So, you know, me, being me, I ended up calling everybody and I said, um, yeah, you know what, I'm going to surprise her because it's been 20 years now. And um, what do you call it? Uh, we're going to do um, uh, a thing and I'm going to play a, um, a reel on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, I'm like, it's going to have a surprise because I'm going to take her on vacation so it's going to have a picture of where we're going Mm -hmm. right so everybody's like oh that's such a good idea so like you know uh, ended up having a a little collage put together with music and uh, everybody came over opted in you know they're like looking at all our pictures and stuff and then it said something like you know, we've been together for 20 years, but something like the best part is about to happen. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. And then the next slide, it's obviously the picture of the baby. The ultrasound? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's almost like, you know, like um, when they say like, um, time just stops. Yeah. So it's like I couldn't picture everybody's reaction, right? And for me, it's kind of like that's when it really hit. Because, you know, like these are people that, like, they wanted this for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For so a while. They, they were not only supporters, but they're like the cheerleaders. Yes. Right? And, like, for us, like, we were the last ones. And my sister had already, um, she had already had uh, her first. Mm-hmm. And she was actually pregnant, right? And my brother already had three, right? Yeah. And uh, my sister-in-law later on got pregnant too. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful the way things happen because Lucas being our first, um, he actually has his two cousins. Yeah. They were all born in uh, 2017. Yeah. <laughs> right, so one was born in February, he was born in September, and the other one was born December 31st. Wow. They just made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you call it? Uh, it was a very, like, rewarding experience, right? Because she, she got to share a pregnancy with my sister and my sister-in-law, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that made it, like, extra special. And then, um, you know, having him around, like, it was... It's very different, right? Yeah. Like, again, life shifts, right? You think about work, you 
um, what do you call it? You know, you start overthinking. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is like a living person, right? Like I used to freak out when he used to cough. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like I, I felt like he was like the most fragile thing ever. Right. right? <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, like I didn't even want people touching him. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it, 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 that's when reality really hits. It's like, like he's mine. Like yeah. he ain't going home with nobody else. Right. And I remember I used to joke around with that. Like when my brother used to say like, Oh, can you watch the twins or whatever? And you know, like, sure. No problem. I know they ain't staying here with me. Right. 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 <laughs> um, but then at the end of the day, the roles get reversed. Right? right. So now it's like, you know, you have this tiny little baby and it's like, it's huge. Everything, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like even, like, forget about, like, you know, well, what are we going to do? Um, it's the whole parenting aspect that, that comes into play, yeah. right? How am I going to raise this child, right? So it's not about, it switches from, like, survival mode, like, mm-hmm. let's keep them alive. That's it. To how are we going to raise this child? Yes. Right? What am I going to instill in them? And then exactly like marriage, right? So we, me and my wife, we went to... um we went to um, marriage classes, mm-hmm. right? And they make you talk about finances. Yep. They make you talk about religion. Mm-hmm. They make you talk about household duties. Yep. We went right? through that. Yep. So it's like, you know, we were having different conversations, you know, like, okay, so now he's here. That's it. So who's going to take care of what? All right. So I was like the bottle washer and the diaper changer. Mm-hmm. And she would feed him and, you know, chirp him and try to put him back to sleep, stuff like that, right? But it was a beautiful thing because right off the bat, maybe because we had been together for so long, but it worked like clockworks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it was basically like we knew we didn't even have to say, she didn't even have to say, oh, the bottles are dirty again. Like, I already knew. Like, I already had a count of how many bottles, nipples, everything, right? Yeah. So it's like I knew my role and she knew her role, right? Um, but then, you know, the conversation starts. So Lucas is now um, four. So this is his first year for JK, right? Yeah. So the conversation started again. Yeah. So is he going to go to a Catholic school? Because mm-hmm. I'm Catholic. Or do we put him in public school? Right. Right? So as much as like I would have wanted him to go to Catholic school, right? But Lucas hasn't been baptized. Right. Right. And we did that for a reason because we spoke about this stuff even before we had kids. Right. Right. So what are we gonna do? How are we gonna raise him? So religiously we're he's he's gone to church and he's also gone to the temple. Right. right? I'm very open to to the whole culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I respect her culture, she respects mine. Yeah. And we do things as a family, right? So when it comes to family, there's no culture. There's no barriers, right? So what do you call it? You know, we do things openly and um, it is what it is, right? Everybody can have their own opinions because I know some people are like, well, why isn't he baptized yet, right? That's our religion. You know, like you you should know better because, you know, you've already done the whole process. You know, you did your first communion, your confirmation, everything, right? And it's like, yeah, but this is my job. So, I, I'm going to give him the respect to 
choose what he wants to do. You know, okay? that's you, you. I don't think you understand how powerful that is, right? Because he doesn't even know that he's he's having this choice, and he's he's not even of age to understand that yet. But yeah. you're giving him that choice, yeah. right? And, and 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 the thing is, like you know, it's it's upbringings too, right? Like it's how, like for me, like. I don't, I, I wasn't the type of person. There's, there's people that have to go to church every right. single, like you can go to church every single Sunday, but that doesn't make you a saint. Right. Right. Just you being there doesn't mean that you're a good person right? or, or that you're doing the right thing. Right. So for me, like we grew up knowing about the church and respecting, yeah. but it doesn't mean that we had to live in there. That's right? it. That's it. So like, even with Lucas, like all of a sudden now when we have dinner, he wants to pray. Mm-hmm. And he says the most beautiful things and I don't even know where he learned them from because I'll be honest with you, as much as a role model I am, I've never taught him how to pray. I've never prayed over dinner. Right. So he's learned it either from watching something on TV or whatever, but he's learned to do it. He's like, Daddy, I want to pray. Man. So we stop. We let him pray, and you know, like it's amazing the things he says. But at the end of the day, it's like he's he's becoming his own person, right? I never told him to do that. Yeah. No. Right? He he. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No. No. Finish. Finish with that. Oh no! I was just gonna say, like, like I, I'm not like I didn't teach him that, right? So it's it's crazy to see the things, and it's not like he's going to Catholic school. We decided to put him in public school, right? Right. right. So. um it's it's just very different the way that they pick up on things, right? Like we haven't gone to church, but church is one thing, right? Like when you sit down for dinner, it's something else. How is how is the the little princess? She's she's good. So she was actually a pandemic baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born in 2020, April, right? Pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but she's she's something else, like. You know, having a boy, like, I don't know, like, at first, I was like, I want a boy, I want a boy, right? And then I had Lucas, and I was like, yes. And then um, when uh, we had Isabella, um, my wife decided to play a prank on me, and uh, she said, uh, Dr. called, it's a boy, right? <laughs> so this whole time... I'm thinking, okay, so we got two boys. Okay, no problem. <laughs> and then there's a, another call that came in a couple of weeks later. And I overheard the conversation. And I heard girl, right? Yeah. And I sat there, I looked over here, I'm like, it's a girl, isn't it? And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> she's like, I wanted to surprise you, but... <laughs> so so you know what though it it actually worked out because i was like okay so we'll surprise everybody then i went around telling everybody it was a boy yeah yeah and then on christmas day we had two presents right we we already had them wrapped right and i had told all my siblings and all her siblings like we're gonna give these to our parents and we're gonna let them open it up and then they're gonna open up the outfit and they're gonna see it's a boy right yeah so they're all like in their head, it's a boy, it's a boy. So surely enough, like the parents open up the TV and they see a dress come out. And everybody's just confused. 
And then they're like, what? <laughs> and then they're like, did you get the wrong box? <laughs> they thought it was a gift for somebody else. And I'm like, guys, it's a girl. And then they start all freaking out. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Man. I love those stories, man. When when you found out that you're going to be a father for the first time and it was real, can you remember that feeling? Yeah. I I think I ended up finding out over the phone because mm-hmm. she called me uh, to tell me. I, I, I think I was at work and um, it was probably around like afternoon time, I think right after lunch. Um, and I just remember I sat in the car right mm-hmm. and I mean you know like everybody's everybody gets a little sentimental and stuff yeah um she knows me better than anybody else like I don't uh, I'm not one to shed a tear right right like I've had you know grandparents pass away like really good friends pass away and like I keep everything inside yeah right I'm not the, I'm not the emotional person right um and uh, like even when my when my grandmother passed away, I got the phone call from back home, and my oh, wow. parents were actually running around because my father was supposed to fly out the next day to go back home to go to go be with her, and you know like me having to tell my dad right right that his mom passed away like that was hard and wow and I just couldn't I couldn't come to terms to even like shed a tear. Like, it's just, it's just something like, you know, about my personality and the way I am that I don't, that's not the way I react, mm-hmm. right? Like, you try to be like macho. Right. Um, the day I found out about Luke's, I just lost it. Wow. It was like, you know, like, you just have, like, all of these emotions, something I've never even, like, I've never even felt before. Right. It's like it's like you know, like it's overpowering, and it's like it just all came out, and I'm just like, but it was a good relief. Yes. Like I needed that. Yeah, because you bottled up everything. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that one. That was that was awesome. Now, I'm in this segment um, of the show where I call it thinking out loud, and I have. A ridiculous, you know, situation I'm going to propose to you, and you have to pick one, right? You can't overthink it. Let's see which one you're going to go with. I'm probably going to ask you why you went with that one, and have to explain yourself. (laughs) You ready? Would you rather go without AC and heat, or without the internet for the rest of your life? Wow. Okay. You know what? Honestly, I think no. Being being realistic, yeah. right? Um, AC and heat to me is not something that's a necessity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like as long as I'm inside and it's cold outside, I could probably live with the coldness inside, right? And vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm realizing now is that um, living without the internet is not a big deal, right? Mm. 
So it might feel like, you know, like the obvious thing is you need the internet. Right. God forbid anything happens, we can't do nothing without the internet. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, and obviously, like, don't get me wrong, I still use my phone uh, primarily for work, right? But mm-hmm. I still go on my phone, I go on social media, right? Um, but at the same time, I know it's not a necessity, yeah. right? So if it was like, you know, you're, you're basically saying like you're the only person on this earth, then yeah, maybe I would choose the internet, yeah, right? Um, but if, you know, you're saying like, you're living your life right now mm-hmm. and you've got your two kids, then it's, it's my kids. Like, I don't need that. Right. Right. Uh, it's basically like, uh, um, an illusion, right. That it just draws you in and it's like, you don't need that. And that's the thing Like people don't live their lives anymore. So it's like, you know, like this pandemic's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you forget, you forget a lot about a lot of things, a lot of, um, like, not not just the freedoms that you had of, you know, like, I, I look at this as like, I, I can't believe I finally got what I want more than anything in this world of my kids. And I can't even let them enjoy life like I did. Yeah. Right, I grew up in different times. We yep. both did, right? And it's like now it's like you like now you gotta protect them, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you don't even people don't even see the harm that it's doing to the kids. No, right? they'll, because, they'll see it later. They won't see it now, but they'll oh, see well, it. Oh, I can see it from now. Oh no, like, that's what I'm saying. I can see it. Yeah, but, like like I remember like when this whole thing started, right? Um, Prior to this happening, we used to take Lucas to the park. Yep. So anytime you saw a park, oh, it's like, oh, I want to go play in the park. When this whole thing started, we were like, Lucas, if there's more than three people playing in the playground, we cannot go. Right? So early on, he already knew what COVID was. Right? right? To him, it was like a juju bug. He didn't want to get any juju bugs. Right. Right, so that's why we kept washing our hands, sanitizing this, this, and that. Right, so it's like you know, transition to six months later when he's going to JK now. Yeah. Um, the first week that he was there, it was petrifying. He didn't want to stay. Yeah. Number one, because he he didn't know anything else but us. Yeah. Right. I'm at home with my mom and my dad. Right. So it was a new environment, one. And two, when they used to take him out to the park, he used to, like, freak out. The teacher used to tell me, like, he doesn't like the park. And then I used to say, Lucas, what's wrong? And he's like, there's too many kids, Dad. Right? Wow. And it's it's something that, like, I did that. Right? I'm the one who said, listen, you cannot do this. Right? So for me to go back on my word, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, should I trust you or not trust you now? Right. Right? Right. Um, so it's, I can already see that having an effect, right? So like now we try to do things as a family, right? Um, but like even still, like, you know, if you're going to a place where like, you know, like he, he doesn't know what going to the movies is, right? 
Wow, I never thought about uh, that. That's crazy. That's true. Yeah, he doesn't know what the the movie theater is, right? Having popcorn, um, even like going into like a McDonald's and playing in their playgrounds, right? Like he 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 hasn't experienced that, right? Wow. So like you know we took advantage of like, having Wonderland, right? So obviously Wonderland, it's helped out. Like we took them during the summer and it's helped out because number one, it's a release for him, mm -hmm. right? It's something different. He actually sees people around. Yeah. Yes, he's still wearing a mask, but we're outdoors. We're we're hanging out, like trying to hang out like a normal family. Um, and you know the circumstances are just different, right? And, and that's what's sad, right? Like the amount of times that I can say I've taken him to a mall. Since this whole thing started, I think it was once. Wow. And we literally went in for like half an hour and out. Right? So they don't they don't know those things. Man. Right? And it's almost like they're afraid to, to go out now. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that until you said it. Man. <clears throat> so we are nearing the end. Mm -hmm. Right? Um what are you most grateful for? I think the most thing that I'm grateful for is my wife. Why? Because she is like, I would say like the biggest support system I have. And sometimes, you know, like you don't say it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the kids didn't get here by themselves. Right. Right. Uh, the sacrifices that we made as a couple um, you know, it's like, like some people, they don't look at that, right? It's like, they look at the life after, right? Yeah. But that person that's going to stick by you, right? Through thick and thin, you know, that's the person that you should be thanking, right? So for me, like, she's not only the mother of my kids, she's definitely my best friend. Um, and she's like my biggest supporter right yeah. i don't think there's ever been a time right like we've worked together right i've gone through i'm gonna say maybe like five or six different jobs right right um and had it not been for her to give me that push to say you you know what um do something more mm -hmm. right like you're capable of doing much more right than you know being a, a operations manager for a car rental company right right so her giving me that push and saying you know do something um and now where i am right now right like where i'm working right now it's like it's night and day not only do do i feel like i have a better path to a better future for better income for my kids right future um but i have a, a I work for a company that is supporting me now. Yeah. Right. So nobody knows this yet. I think I'm actually breaking the news here with you. But um, in November of last year, I actually took on a new role. So, no way. Yeah. So they just uh, they just opened up a, um, a digital e-commerce division with Allstate. Wow. And um, what do you call it? Uh, I ended up. Uh, I just returned back to work in June of 2021. And, um, you know,
you know, nice. my mindset wasn't there. My mindset wasn't in in this role that I, I used to do. And it was because there was so much stuff coming out. Right. She was she was gonna be going back to work. Mm-hmm. You know. Lucas was gonna go to school. You know, who's gonna pick up Lucas? My right. daughter had to go to daycare. Like who's gonna like it was a lot. Right. 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 And then, you know, God does mysterious things. So um, my first first boss that hired me, right, mm-hmm. found out that I had returned, right? And this is what I'm talking about, like, building character and, like, um, basically you selling yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. everybody's unique. It depends on how you want to display it. So he knew that when I worked for him, like, I put my heart and soul into it. And that's what I do. Right. If I'm working, I try to do the best that I can. So um, he called me up and he said, listen, I know, I know you just came back and I'm not trying to, you know, tell you to leave your role, but I have something that I just got hired on myself to do, to manage this new division. And I would love it if you wanted to apply. Right. He's like, I'm not guaranteeing you the job because I'm not doing the hiring. But I'm just letting you know, if you want to apply, you have two days to do it. So I came home that day. I remember I talked to her and she said, go for it. And I said, but it's not guaranteed. Like nothing in life is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I believe in you. Right. And I remember that the last time I heard that was when I first applied for this job. Right. For this very first job. Yeah. And I had to get a license. I didn't even know I had to get a license to sell insurance. Right. Yeah. I thought when the, when he said, you got the job, I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, day one, I show up and there's like 10 books on my desk. He's like, well, now you got to start studying. You have seven days to get this license. Right. So that was like a reality moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that time, Lucas was what, maybe a couple months. And wow. then I remember... I was freaking out because it was so much information and I had no background in insurance. Right. And there was just so much information to retain. I found out after the fact, my boss never expected me to pass on my first try. Like it was just his expectation. I was going to fail it and then I was going to have to do it again. And he was willing to give me up to three, uh, three tries. Wow. And I remember that morning I went, I was, going downtown to do this exam and right before I went in to go do it I get a message on my phone and normally when I'm about to do something like that I don't want to get distracted yeah but I saw it was from her so I open it up and it's a video of her and Lucas and they're like we know you can do this wow and for me that was it like I went in there and the only thing that I thought about was like, I gotta pass this thing. Yeah, I gotta do for this. <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna go home and, and tell my kid I failed. Right. So lo and behold, first shot, I passed it. Right. Got my license and I started doing what I'm doing. So come now, you know, I went through three or four interviews and finally got a call back in uh, end of uh, October and they said, uh, you got the job. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So that's awesome. Here, so here's the kicker. So um I come to find out that they're like, 
this is a national role. It's the first national role Allstate's had. First oh, wow. digital marketing team Allstate's had. And in order for this to happen, uh, you have your Ontario license. Congratulations. Now you need to get uh, Alberta, uh, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia. Wow. And I was like, you guys want to challenge me a little bit more? Right, right. <laughs> um, surely enough, I have all my licenses now. Wow. So I'm in all those provinces. And uh, I've told myself, I told my wife, I said, you know, her motivation and her telling me, do this. Like, you can do it, right? Um, and obviously seeing the kids, like, I know what I'm doing it for. There's a purpose, right? Why? And I, I tell them, sometimes he comes home from school. Because the other part of this job is um, now that things are opening back up, the offices are opening back up. Mm-hmm. Now, technically, I work for head office. So my position is home base permanently now. Wow. Which is huge. I'm able to step out to go pick them up. Um, the stars aligned. Look at that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, like, I want to see how far I can push myself, right? Now I'm like, I got two kids. So my next step is hopefully to get my um, CIP, my mm-hmm. Charter Insurance Professional uh, uh, Accreditation. And then basically, if I get that, the sky's the limit. I can open up my own brokerage. Um, I can get a, any basically six-figure job in any in the insur- any role in the insurance company, right? So, there's, there's no limit. There's no limit unless you set one, but there is no limit. Um, man, I'm so proud, man. I'm so proud. To wrap this up for for the listeners and myself and for you. How would you want to be remembered when it's all said and done? I think I think I have different perspectives for different people. Mm-hmm. So I think for the the you know like even on social media and stuff like I don't I don't post often, you know, because I, I I like to keep my things somewhat private. Private, yeah. yeah. Like I don't I don't want to share every two seconds of my life. I'd right. rather be spending that time with my kids. Exactly. Um, but, um, you know, like for, for them, I, I want them to look at me like a role model, like somebody that's actually like doing something mm-hmm. and, and, and a purpose for them. Right. And I hope, you know, even at the age that they are, they are at right now, they, they, they can see it and they can understand that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because of the dedication and time I spend with them right um then for like my wife and my family and stuff right i want them to say like wow like alberto was always there right like if we needed anything like he was there even with her side of the family right yeah like i don't want them to be like oh this guy just married like my daughter and like you know so i I want them to know that like even when they're not around that their daughter and the kids are going to be okay. Right. Um, and then when it comes to everybody else, right. Um, I'm not going to say that I could care less. Right. Because obviously like, uh, I hope that I've touched people. Right. Um, I see everybody in different ways, but just trying to be remembered as a good person. Right. Somebody that 
tried to be there for people, right? Because even with this new role, right, I have the most experience on the team. So even all the new members that are coming on, everybody's relying on me, right? right? So it's kind of like, you know, I kind of try to motivate people and I kind of try to like give them the best version of me so that, um, you know, they feel like they're able to do what they need to do, right? And even on the team already, like so many people have said, you know, sometimes like the stories that you share are motivational, right? Because me and you, we didn't even talk about like the car accident that happened and all that stuff. Um, But like the few people that know about that, it's like, it's like, wow, like you guys have overcome so much. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go into that. Um, I think that's something that we can always talk about another time. But I think it, it, there is a space for it, um, and I want to make that space so that we can actually talk about the impact of that. Because I also have two other friends who went through something similar, um, but it was just them in the vehicle, not their their family, right? So yeah. it's, it's slightly different, but the trauma is still the same. Yeah. Um, and that. But, but I'll tell you this though: there's always good and bad. Yeah. Because I think that what drove me to try to make it back to come to work, right, mm-hmm. is it's not about selling insurance anymore, because anybody can sell insurance, mm-hmm. right? But it's about making sure that when you sell something, you're actually standing behind it. Yeah. And you're you're gonna like. I'll be honest with you, now I have a different perspective where I've actually turned people away because they want the cheapest price and they don't care what what, what kind of coverages they have. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be responsible for something like that. No, because right? that's that's you, your reputation. Yeah, and my name. Your name, exactly. yeah, everything. So when I sell stuff to people, like my boss already knows. He's like, Alberto sells the most um, insurance policies over rate meaning like even more than what they're currently paying right now right but because people say you know what you're the only person that's ever answered every single question that i had and have told me like what i'm actually gonna get in plain english and i trust you and that's huge yeah right because they know that i'm treating them exactly like i would do for my own family and that's my purpose now right so it's totally different. Man. I wanna I wanna um there's a few things I wanna get you back for, but the last thing I wanna get you back for on the show is actually to talk about your business, uh specifically, uh, and then give some tips and guidance as to what people can do and how they can get, you know, um insurance for themselves and their family members and so forth, so they can actually take care of their family. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are now finally realizing the importance of legacies and, and you know, leaving something for those following them. So I definitely want to have you on for that because it's essential. Like, I know too many people who don't have life insurance. And they don't know the benefits. They can't see the benefits of it. And that's the unfortunate part. So I think the educational piece is going to be critical. So I definitely want to get you back for that. Um, but 
for this episode, I want to thank you for sharing your story because I think it's important now that people are going to hear who Alberto is. And when I have you back on for the business um, you know, version of Alberto, then they'll understand who the person is, the character, right? Um, yeah. the, the, the core, the heart. And I think that's also going to translate for them when they're speaking to you or listening to you um, from that perspective. When you're telling them something, they'll understand where you're coming from, yeah. right? And that's the picture I wanted to paint with getting you on the show because you're, you're so multifaceted and, and too many things that you have to offer. And I didn't want to try and cram it in one episode. I wanted to focus this one on just who you are so that the listeners have a sense of who they're engaging with when you do come back on and talk about your business and the services that you have to offer to everybody. How does, how does that sound? That sounds great. I'd, I'd be more than honored, especially like obviously for you, not anything. Nah, I appreciate it, man. It's, you know, it's love and I want to thank you for being here. I also want to thank the listeners for tuning in every week. And 2022 is a year of action is what I'm coining it. And here we are, right? We're taking it off with this episode here. Stay tuned until next episode. Love, peace, and nappiness. Mm -hmm.